0: Welcome to Uncomplicating Weight Loss and Life. I'm your host, Eva Rodriguez, proud Latina, single mom, certified life coach, and weight loss coach. I'm here to help high achieving boss women lose their weight for the last damn time and up level their lives. When it comes to your health, weight loss, and this thing called life, I'm not saying it'll always be easy, but it doesn't have to be complicated. Welcome back for part five of the Back to the Basics series. In today's episode, I'm going to explain the difference between meal planning and meal prepping and how you can start incorporating one or both of them so you can have one less thing to think about during the day. Now, I know the question, what should I eat today, takes up so much space in our thoughts and can cause a lot of unnecessary drama food decisions should not be complicated. And when you plan in advance, it takes all the drama and stress out of eating. So let's dive in. Meal planning is simply planning your meals ahead of time. As simple as it sounds, it's one of the most impactful habits you can implement on your weight loss journey to achieving food freedom. Meal prepping means preparing meals ahead of time. It involves preparing and or cooking ingredients or entire meals in advance. Planning your meals in advance, meal planning, is a very powerful tool that I teach my clients with the help of my signature food journal that I created just for them combined with my intuitive eating app. These two tools facilitate making decisions ahead of time and learning how to listen to your intuition that much easier. It literally cuts the learning curve of making decisions in advance and intuitive eating by at least 85%. My meal planning method consists of three parts. One, simple planning. Two, self-accountability. And three, self-trust. By making your food decisions in advance, by planning your meals ahead of time, you're holding yourself accountable for following your plan and honoring your commitment to yourself. You're also learning how to trust your body and your hunger cues. That's what makes this such a powerful weight loss tool. I know a food journal sounds like another thing to do, but I promise you'll be surprised at what you find out about yourself. Even my most skeptical clients have had epiphanies doing this because it's a mindset exercise that will give you the data that you need to figure out what's working and what's not working for you. The more data you have, the better decisions you can make. The more data I have as your coach, the better we can pivot if something isn't working or double down on what is working. Just like the data you get from weighing yourself on the scale, the data that you get from using a food journal helps you become more aware and connected to yourself by learning how to listen to your body so that you can make better choices. By taking note of everything you eat and how it makes you feel afterwards, physically and emotionally. You'll learn your hunger and fullness cues, which foods you should avoid, and which foods truly nourish you. These are very important data points for your weight loss journey that you need to have. Guessing or assuming simply doesn't work. You need data. So this is how my meal planning method works. First, you're going to figure out exactly what you're going to eat breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, alcohol, whatever you're going to put in your mouth, you're going to write it down. Some of my clients plan their meals for the week on Sundays. Some of my clients plan the night before as part of their evening routine. And some of my clients the morning of as part of their morning routine. The important thing is that you're making all of your food decisions in advance and not in the moment. The reason you want to make your food decisions ahead of time is because when you do this, you're using your prefrontal cortex, the part of your brain that wants what's best for you, your highest self, as opposed to your primitive brain that just wants instant gratification and sabotages the hell out of you. Think of your primitive brain as a toddler running around with scissors. It's very cute and it's very dangerous. And it cannot be trusted to make good decisions because it just doesn't operate from that place. It doesn't have the ability to do so. It doesn't know better. That's why I don't want you to judge your habit brain, your primitive brain, because it's just doing what it's used to. It's just doing what it thinks you need. And a toddler with scissors thinks it's fun, doesn't realize how dangerous it is. That doesn't make them bad. That doesn't make them broken. That's just how far they've developed. Our primitive brain wants to indulge, wants to be comfortable. Your primitive brain wants to binge on ice cream or potato chips or popcorn. Your primitive brain wants to eat when you're bored. It wants to eat when you're sad because it just wants you to feel better. It's literally like a toddler that wants ice cream for breakfast. Your prefrontal cortex is like the mom that always knows what's going on, that has the eyes on the back of her head. And always does what's best for her child, which would include taking the scissors out of the toddler's hands and redirecting it so it doesn't throw a tantrum, and saying, No, we don't eat ice cream for breakfast, but we can have this instead. That's how you want to make decisions about your food choices from that calm, neutral place of, I know what's best for me, I know what my goals are, and I know what I need to do tomorrow to get closer to those goals, so this is what I'm choosing to eat. Your prefrontal cortex knows what will best serve your body, even when your primitive brain throws a temper tantrum because she wants a cupcake. The more you plan food ahead of time, the more decisions you make ahead of time. Involving the prefrontal cortex, the easier it gets to stick to eating just what you said you were going to eat. And that exercise builds so much confidence and consciousness in yourself. Here's the best part, and one of the secrets to weight loss that a lot of people don't know there is a direct correlation between writing down exactly what you're going to eat, eating exactly what you wrote, and weight loss. It's truly like magic. This is why my clients get results because it really, works. And the alternative is also true. If your food journal starts slipping, your results start slipping too. As soon as you stop planning your meals and just eating whatever you feel like eating in the moment, those old habits, those sabotaging habits will come right back. I have seen this happen so many times. And while it may at first glance feel like an extra thing to do when you already have a million other things to do, the irony is that making decisions ahead of time about your food will simplify your choices and leave you with less decision fatigue. Once you decide what you're going to eat, you don't have to spend any more time thinking about food and you can spend that time being productive. It's just like if you plan what you're going to wear the day before. It makes getting ready in the morning much easier, right? By doing this with your food, your food starts to become predictable and boring, which is exactly what we want it to be. Remember, food is just fuel. It's not your friend and it's not your foe. It's not supposed to be the highlight of your day. It's not supposed to be so emotionally charged that it controls your actions. It's just food. So here's how I recommend using a food journal. The first part shouldn't take more than five minutes. You're going to plan in advance what you're going to eat the next day. You don't need to write the specific amounts to start. You don't need to measure your food or any of that shit. It could be as simple as tomorrow for breakfast I'll have an omelet, for lunch I'll have a chicken salad, and for dinner I'll have spaghetti. It can just be that simple. Just to start developing the habit. But make sure you plan everything. We are not counting calories, but we do want to see what you're eating. After each meal, you're gonna write down what you ate. You'll want to do this next to what you pre-planned so you can hold yourself accountable. So Both sides should say the same exact thing, if you ate what you planned. If you didn't, and you went off plan, we want to understand why, what happened. You want to see what you're eating, and you want to make sure that you're observing any discrepancies with curiosity, not with judgment. This is how you start to build awareness, this is how you start to understand your body, and understanding how your body's feeling before, during, and after you eat helps you figure out Your hunger and fullness signals because they are different for each and every person. I encourage you to also write down any feelings that came up while you were eating. Were you honoring your hunger and your fullness cues? Did any foods make you feel bloated? For the majority of us, dairy products will make us bloated. Take note of that. Did you eat more or less than you had originally planned to eat? And if you didn't honor your plan, I want you to write down why. Plan for more food than you think you'll need because you're only going to eat if you're hungry, right? You might plan some snacks, but if you aren't hungry, I want you to skip them. Just because they're on the plan doesn't mean you eat them, okay? They're on the plan because they're giving you guidelines so that at three o'clock when you've gotten out of that long ass meeting, you're not like, oh shit, what should I eat? You already know because you wrote it down. If you're not hungry, you're going to skip it. You will have plenty of food to look forward to. And this is the exact method that I teach my clients, and they lose weight. You plan the foods that you like and can easily eat when hunger hits. You only eat when you're hungry. If not, you wait until you are. And when you feel you've had enough, you stop eating. After a week or two, you'll start to feel confidence and control around food. And this is where it starts. This is how you get into the habit of eating foods you choose to eat on purpose instead of on autopilot. This teaches you how to eat mindfully instead of mindlessly. This is a game changer. This is how you start to build trust with yourself around food and how you can start feeling in control of what you eat and how much you eat. As you're pre-planning your meals in your journal, I encourage you to ask yourself this question. What can I do today to support my weight loss journey? This is how you train your brain to make choices from your higher self. Plus, research shows that people who keep a food journal have much more success with their weight loss. Meal prepping isn't something that I typically teach because I find that it can be difficult for most of my clients because they're typically busy professionals who work a lot of hours, so they rarely cook. But It is something that I've started to dabble in, so I'm going to share what's been working for me. I find that it takes a lot of discipline and planning, so it is not for everyone, and it's not for every lifestyle. And if you struggle with discipline and planning, I actually encourage you to start with meal planning and then incorporate meal prepping. So this is my super simple approach to meal prepping. I find that lunch is probably the hardest for me to fit in. Some days I have back-to-back sessions all day, so I decided to start with just prepping lunches. I know I want to get more greens in my diet, so I started making salad jars because they literally take five minutes to prep. And I'm going for simplicity, not fancy. So number one, you want to start with writing down how many meals you want to plan and then create your grocery list. Number two, you go grocery shopping. Number three, pick a day and time to do the meal prepping and schedule it in your calendar, just like any other appointment. Right now, my son's in winter training, so my Sundays are generally free, but they won't be starting at the end of March. So even though I've been doing my prepping on Sundays, I will probably have to pick a different day starting in the spring. I've learned that there's no one way or one right way to meal prep. It all depends on your lifestyle and what works for you. So here are four different approaches to meal prep that you can consider. One is called preparing raw and freezing. That means that you prep all of your ingredients for a dish, freeze them, and then later on, they'll be ready for you to cook them. The second approach is batch cook and freeze. You cook a large batch of soup or stew, and then you freeze for later. Third approach is individual meals prep. That's when you prepare food and portion it in single serving containers. And the fourth approach is ingredient prep, where you just prep the ingredients ahead of time so that meal assembly is faster. If you're brand new to meal prepping like me, start out small by preparing just a few lunches ahead of time. If you have a slow cooker, that's another super simple way to get a few meals out the way in one fell swoop. If you like doing it, you'll become more efficient and you can slowly increase how much you prep. If my tips have been helpful for you and you want to work with someone who has been exactly where you are, I'd love to coach you through your journey. Book a call with me to learn more about how my one-on-one coaching will help you transform your health and your life in the next 90 days. You'll find all the details in the description. That's all for today. Bye for now. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. To learn more about how to work with me, go to eva.fiz and click on the work with me button. While you're there, be sure to check out my free weight loss resources so that you can get a jumpstart on your journey. I'll see you there.